0: So this week will be Lane key Kisavoy, and when I just observed the Parsha this week, I decided to speak about a very fascinating topic, which many are going based on this week's Pasha and Gedolis, beside it to Oisambasid. to be a resemblance of a be hay First sid, and then you write kolatayda kula, or first you write kolatayda and then sid, because it seems to be somewhat of a contradiction. So obviously first sid. What is sid? Plaster, whatever it is. Vikhusaftu alayim is called divrayhatairu azaiis. So this seems to indicate Vasada tu ay sambasid and then the khusaftu alayh is divrairu azai. But then the posit goes on Vahya Bhabra kama sayad the kimusabona maila. V sadha tu aisam basid and then you will use them for the Mizbayak. And once again Vikhusaftu alabbam is called Divra Tayu Azai, Baitwa. So that's a machistanoam. Reb Shimon and Reb Yehuda. So Reb Yehuda maintains first you need to write Kola and then cover it with Sid. Reb Shimon says the contrary. First you put Sid on those rocks, and those huge stones, and then you write Kola Torakula. So the Gemara says that was for the Umis O'Weilim, that they should come and see our Torakula. But if you cover the Kisab with Sid, what's the point? So the Buddha says that they had umnin, and they peeled away the seed to see the divrei Torah. So many achroinim deal with various different questions of mechikas ha 350 years ago, the kanfei and kanfei is one of the greatest mefroshem in elchastam, and ksivir Sefer Torah turns to the ponam iris, Eisenstadt. They were both g'day li'adol. And tshuves ponam iris, mem He. there's a lengthy discussion about a shul. And on the shul, there were psukim, Shemus sha'enam, and chokim, and time came, they wanted to redo the shul, or redecorate the shul. So they wanted to put plaster on the walls, and have some new pictures, and new morales, new, New decorations on the shul. So, could they cover those shameless with plaster? And the Poname Iris brings this sukya. So, according to the view, the first they wrote koratere kola, and then they covered it with said, Would that be defined as an Issa of Mechikas shame? So, the Poname Iris first of all deals, Is there an isa mechikasa shame, shaloi nichtav kedushas as koris? Some authorities say if it's not nitchdav l'shem kedushas shem then there would be no risk of But that goes against sugi's mufuroshay shav's kufchov and elsewhere hoyu shem nitchdav l'yodos akelem. Well, nobody writes shem l'shem l'shem kedushas as kolas l'yodos akelem. It's not tefillin, it's not a mezuzah, it's not a seifet torah, it's yodos And after biken, the Gemara says that we need Geniza. So obviously. It's not kosher to be a shame in a Sefer Torah, it doesn't have Kiddusha Sefer Torah, but it's not L'Shem kedushas Hashem. And each and every one of us, probably more than once, wrote an ois in a Sefer Torah, and we know that when you write any ois in the Sefer Torah, you say, L'Shem kedushas Sefer Torah. But when you write a shamus, you need to have additional. K'vono L'Shem Kiddusha Hashem, L'Shem kedushas Sashkores. But that is only the consciousness of a Sefer Torah. Lo The Israel of Mechikas Hashem is relevant even if the shame is not the name of the Kiddusha Sefer So obviously those inscriptions, those sukkahs written on the walls of the Beis Medesh were not in the name So the Polymerus also deals with the sigur in Gitton Davchof and the Mesech at Shabbos as well. So the Polymerus also deals with the sigur in Gitton Davchof and in the what is he supposed to do now? So the Ponomita says, in that case, he wasn't to write shame. So maybe that would have no Kedusha at all. However, when you write a shame, and you're aware that you're writing Shem Shemaim, and that's your Kavona, it's not the shame as Saskorois, but because he was aware that he's writing Shem Shemayim, then there there is an issa machikeh mashe enkein me mishe yitzorach lechav es Hashem venescharin lechav Yehuda v'shachach velo itil bo dalit. So the Ponam has a lengthy discussion about that chayla, and once again in Ma'il <coughs> Zadokah, the Ma'il Zadokah quotes the Ponam Meirois and a leptaya vail. So, whenever I mention this Sefer, just an interesting observation. So, the Sefer is called, Charles Shachivas Reb Taya He was a son of the Korban Nasanal, who was Reb Nesanel Vile. His name was Reb Yadidya, but he signs his name Rab Taya Vayel, which is a big surprise. Why would he use a Spanish name when his name was Yadidya? So, Minchas Osho, Shemois, Semen Aleph. Previous edition, and in the new edition as well, Simon Aleph, is about using non-Jewish names. And I have a lengthy discussion, may Jews use non-Jewish names? So the Melam Shik and some other later are very adamantly against using non-Jewish names, and they say it might be an instead of Bechu Koyseye M'lo And I had a very lengthy discussion about this, but I had an interesting question about two Giddoidim. Rabbi Abdallah Somech, who was one of the Choshets the Svarish in Northern Africa, and Rabbi Taya Vail, one Ashkerazi and one Sephardi. Why did they use non-Jewish names? Abdallah is an Arab name and Taya is a Spanish name. So why didn't they use Jewish names? So, yes, my conclusion is, we are entitled. It's not an issue to use non Jewish names. But we would expect Gedolia Sol, Gedolia Oilam, that have beautiful names. Why don't you use a Russian Kurdish name? Why would a Gedolia Sol sign his name in a non Jewish name? It's a heter, but it definitely isn't a Midas So my feeling is this Rabbi Abdanasomeh, his name was Ovadia. And Abtai was Riedidia. His name was Theophil. And Taya is Sheb Shemaim and Phil is love in Spanish. And they didn't want to use the Sheb as Yedidia and Ovadia, Mechashash, maybe it's Maske Shem Shemaim or Moitz Shem Shemaim Past this, according to the vast majority of Echoylim, no, Yedidia is a name. It's not two words. Ovadia <laughs> is a name. Eved Hashem. It's not Oved Yud K. But they were choishes, obviously, that maybe Yedidia would be considered two different names. So when you just use that name, or call a person Yedidia, maybe you're moitzi shem shumayim Levatollah, or the same with Ovadia. And therefore, they preferred using the non-Jewish version, which is Teufil, which is a lover of Hakodesh Baruch or Abdama, which is the same as Ovadia. But they uh, preferred the non-Jewish version. They should have no chashash of moitzi shevshumayim levatula. That's my, that's my theory why these gedolim used and they signed their names, in. So this one used his Arabic name, and the other one used his Spanish name. So that is a separate discussion we won't go into today. But in of he quotes the Meltsadoka quoting the Bonameiros and all have this basic question. So according to the Yehuda at first they wrote Shem and then they covered it with Sid, would that be considered Mechikas Hashem? So, the Pona Eros is, is, I think, the first guttle dealing with this question. Rabbi Kiva Ege, that I just remember. Tshuva Rabbi Kiva Ege, Tim Yona Semen has a similar discussion. Rabbi Kiva Ege is not dealing with Shemes that are written on the wall, but rather in one of the sifrei Kodesh, not a Sifari Torah, but... A sofa wants to be metak on and he needs to paste and cover with a piece of paper, and the glue might, uh, might uh, cover the shamus. And the deals with the same question, and he quotes his predecessors. So, the Pot says, Those shamus were written on the stones, on the rocks, covered with Seed, and they used a very thick layer of Seed, chef that could be peeled and if you peel off the Sid, then the Shemus will be left intact. And in that case, it would not be considered <clears throat> moichik. Even though, as long as it's covered with Sid, you can't read what's under the Sid. And it might stay like that. But if there's a possibility to peel off the Sid, and if you do so, those Shemus will be left intact, and they will be, you will be able to read them and see the letters, that would not be considered moichik. And uh, so that is the explanation of the ponem me-irois. But later I'm dealing with the same question, the ones that I quoted, the Meil Sodoka, Chuba Seltaya Vail, Ponemidas himself, Kiva Eger, offer various different interpretations. The most basic of them, that's mitzvah seltayla. So bochichaiverchmona. It's not a mitzvah Gedoyis. It's a hero's show. Not one of the Taiga mitzvahs. It was once in history, and that is what a Kodesh Bohu demanded. And if that's Mrs. Hashem, what's the Kasha? Well, if it would be Loisas and Ken Hashem and would it be reasonable that a Kodesh Bohu gave them a specific mitzvah to be over and one of the Taiga mitzvahs? Maybe yes. That's Heroah show, and it's a tzivu of a Kodesh Bohu. But obviously, some of the Khoinim felt it unreasonable that a Kodesh Bohu could give a Hora to the Dor Hamidbor, if it's a violation of a love of Loisas and mean, Kevlis and therefore they looked for different explanations. So, according to the polymerus, if it's a thick layer of Sid and you could peel it off and the Shem will be left intact, that would not be considered magic. So, Lochalam the polymerium, says, but those letters on the walls of the Shul were written on Sid and if you put another layer of plaster you can't peel off layer number 2 and leave layer number 1 if you're going to break that sin, those two layers of sin will will uh, will will stick together so that would be defined as mahika shem so the potterius is not matian in that case and he looks for different approaches what he suggests is every shem cover it up with a piece of paper with a piece of plastic and put plaster or paint on top of that. So theoretically there would be a possibility when you're going to peel off that paint and that Shem will be just covered with a piece of paper or plastic and in that case theoretically at least it would be a possibility to peel it off and the Shem will be left intact. So that is the suggestion of the ponamiris dealing with the Shailah that he was asked. Another possibility that the G'daylem deal with is how was Torah written on those stones. The Torah doesn't specify. Maybe it was by Chakika. Uh, chakika in English is engraving. Engraved, engraved, right? Engraved? engraved. Yes. Eich, eich Be- engraved. Etching, engraving. engraving. Etching, oh. engraving. So if it was b- Chakika, then the seed just fills okay. it up, but you could still read it. It's more difficult, but it's not a total mechike because what is engraved in Nechkat Be'even, you could still read. Or in any event, in that case, you definitely could peel off the Sid, and that engravement, which is etched into the stone, that would be left intact, and therefore that would not be considered mechike. Another possibility that these couldn't come up with, so the Gemara says that that Torah, those racks were for the Umm We received Torah in Sinai, we had Lucha Sabris, we had teachers of Torah to teach us. Those racks were for Umm and the mashal says they were written, were written in Loshon Kodesh. That Torah was written in shivam Am it's not in Loshon and there is no Yisav Mechik Hashem only if the shem is written Biktam HaShuri, but Loshon Kaidish and not in shem Am so that is approach number three, number one Chakikah. number two thick layer of seed that could be peeled off mitzvah Number four, it was shalvo l'shoynes. the not we would be no issue? But the Ramban, the Ramban in the parasha. In our parasha says the Ramban says it was ksav ashuri with a tagging, not only ksav ashuri was written with a tagging. So according to the Ramban there would be L'chayre and iser of Mechikas Hashem. So Rebbe Kiva Eger, as I mentioned, Chelik Beisim in Tezvav deals with a similar question, and he quotes Liv Yashchein. Liv Yashchein is a Sefer ala Torah. Maybe the very first Lom Sefer on Parsh sefer Torah, way before the Mincha Sosha, even before the Klei Maybe the very first Mechaber that wrote a Sefer, Lom Sugis, and based on the parashio, he said was very fond of the Sefer because he quotes them quite often. And the <laughs> in our Parshas parasha, Kisavai deals with the very same question, and he wants to prove from the said according to the view which covered the Ksav, that shava that drips on a Sefer tairah is not considered mechik because you could peel it off. And therefore, when you peel off that shavah, it's not... And that was written Shelo because not that is not defined as real mechike. So why can't you read the sefer until you peel off that shava? So Rebekivaga explains. On one hand, it's not a nisra of mechik, but on the other hand, the sefer Torah is not kosher until you peel off that shava, because I mentioned before two different concepts. Regarding a shem shenichtav shalov v'kedusha, on one hand there's an isur mechikah, on the other hand it's not a kosher sefer Torah. In a similar way, if there's a drip of shava that covers a letter, it's not Moichik. and therefore when you peel off that shava, it's not keilu nichtav shalov kesidrei, it's not chok toiches, which is not considered a proper siva. Because if it's not mechika, then it's not a new seva. But as long as the letter is covered, the seyfetot is not a kusha a third. It's not like covering a letter with your hand, or just with something that is not, doesn't stick on the third. As long as that letter is covered, then you can't read, third is not kusha. But when you peel it off, it's not considered as a new ksivah. And therefore, when that shava drips on a letter in the Sefer Torah, it's not considered mechik. So there's another machlokas between the base of Flaim and the base Shloimah, going down in the generations. Base of Yerivah, and Samachala. Once again, we're dealing with the concept of mechik So the base of Flaim deals with the question. Could you cover Hashem with a gemi lach? I don't know exactly what he means, but obviously some substance which is soaked in liquid, and the letters, the ink, would dissolve. So it's not a mechik immediately, but in due time, he is mechik. And the of Fry argues, that is considered gram mechikah, and gram mechikah is not an essor. That is clear on Shabbos, of There's a machlayka Sabya Khachumim. Hare shoy al and he needs to do Tvila. He has Tomah and he needs to do Tvila. But he has a Shem Kosav al What does he do? Rabbi Yaisi says, Tvila V mitzvah manamitzvah yoritva. And chachamim say he needs to cover that shame. So the Havam in the Gemara is that the Mahlaika says, Gramachik is a shem. Is that a violation? Is that an Iser or it's not an Iser? And then the Gemara says, no. Why? What is the source of the Iser of Moichikah Seshem? I mentioned that a few times in recent months. Vinitats the Mismis of Hoseem, the Asherim Tigadeun, Silo Eloheim Tisil from Beish, Lo Tasun ken Hashem Tasun is a prohibition. You cannot destroy a shul. You cannot destroy any part of the base of You cannot destroy Sheim Shumayim. So the Posik says, "Lo ta'asum al asiya Just like kam um, kibui, just like grama lechesh Shabbos And why is that? Because the Posik says, "Loi kol malocha." Grama is not defined as asiya and if the Torah answer is sasa kol malacha <laughs> ansioseter grama sharia the same would apply to lo tazen kein la shem elokekhem so grama khekes shem is not an essa so the question the base of fryim deals with is when we put a moist cover on a shem there's no immediate magike but in some time, the moisture will cause the ink to dissolve, and we will be causing Mechikas <laughs> Hashem. Not immediately, but in due time. So the basic prime argument is that's a grama, and B'shas of Chak. We could be Matir, Gram Mechik, based on the Gemara in Shabbos Kufra. So why do the Chachomim say needs to cover the shame? Just because there's an Isa Lamoid with Nashim Arum. It's not quite Shemaim. You cannot stand naked and expose yourself to Shem HaShem. And that is the only reason he needs to cover the shame, Because when he does thrila and he undresses, it's not quite Hashem. the Shem. The Shem should be exposed. It has nothing to do with Grah Mechikah. Interesting, the same Sugi is bought in Yom Edafches, and there Rashi says that he needs to cover the shame because it, not to cause Mechikah shame. And after showing mask, it's against the Gemara Shabbos Kufchov. Everybody agrees that Mechikah HaShem is not on Israel. Because of. So the base of prime argues this is Gramachikim. Who was the base of prime? You know, whenever I mention great names, I always see a point in giving some brief biography, especially when we're dealing with very special Gedoinim. So the base of prime was a banker. He was one of the greatest Gedoinim in his time. And he's in the same line with the Chsam Sofer and Rabbi Kiva Ege, The base of prime is an which is quoted. By everyone, he wasn't the clay Kodesh, He wasn't broad. He wasn't the Rava broad, but he was one of the greatest Gedolei of his time, and he actually was a businessman and a banker. And that was the B'frayim Zalman Ragoli, the Beis of and he was the mentor of Rabbi Shloimek Kluger, who was younger than him, and he was to be one of the Gedolei Hador. So that's a Beis of Yuri. Yerid Dayes Beis Shloime, one generation younger than the Beis of Yehuda base base disputes and disagrees with the base of rhyme, and he argues that is considered asiya and not and this brings me to a brief discussion in the sugya of grammar and I admit it is one of the very few sugyas in Shas in which I do maybe that sounds like Yohare I was about to say one of the very few sugyas in Shas which I don't have clarity. So let me I'm take tickle. It's a one of very few sugias in which I'm aware that I don't have clarity. <laughs> many others I think I have clarity and probably I do not have, but this is one of the very few suyas in Shahs I'm fully aware that I don't have clarity. So I gave many You remember many chuvas about Groma Bishavis. But what I'm touching upon now is not Groma Bishavis but the more fundamental idea of grammar. What is grammar? What are the limits of grammar? What are the boundaries of grammar? I lack clarity in this sugi because there seem to be so many contradictions from so many different sources. So, when we're dealing with grama vishabes, in a way it's easier to define because there's a sugi in Boba Khamed of Samach. So even a grama in Shabbos would be prohibited if you achieved your goal, if you have clear intention of what you want to achieve, and you achieve your goal, and you achieve your goal, and that would be awesome. But grama is a suga which affects many different areas in Arlochah. Grama ben Azikin. Grama ben Azikin Potter. We just mentioned Grama bin Mechikas Hashem. How do we define gromer? So the Beis Ephraim argues that because what will happen will happen in due time. It's not immediate. That is not considered miser. So you're putting the Shem into a matzav in which in a day, a week, a month, doesn't really matter how long that process will take you will cause Mechik Hashem. But that is not a Moichik lion. That would be defined as a Groma. And by the love of Hashem, Groma is not a prohibition. The base Shloymer argues, if the result is predestined, you know what's going to happen. It must happen. It's beyond doubt. That is not defined as Groma. That is defined as Asiyah. So the arguments of the Be'i are Shvach arguments, at least most of them. And he argues, So why would a vassal shabbos be Chayev? He's just starting a process. It'll take some time till the process comes into fruition. He's putting a path on the fire. Might take 10 minutes, a half hour, an hour, depends what he's cooking, but it'll take time. So Mevasel is a Malach What about Zoraya? Takes more time. So the Achroinim dealt with these questions about It's not a raya from Shabbos at all. First of all, Zeraya. your Mishum zareya even though nothing will come of it. Not every seed you plant blossoms. Probably many of them, maybe most of them, nothing happens. It doesn't make sense that a person in Zerea B'Shav, his basin needs to appoint someone to stand there for a week and a half and see whether that seed will sprout. And it is only if it does sprout that he will be Chayev Chathos or Misa's basin. Who is the Shliach basin to stand there and look after that seed? It's ridiculous, doesn't make sense. So, whether it comes of it or not, it has nothing to do with grammar. Bishul is different, because in Shabbos, the Gemma has a suffolk. So, obviously, you're not unless that Bishul comes into fruition. If you put out the fire, you took the pot off the fire, there is no Mabashul. So does the base have an argument. But that is ma'vashal, it's not a groma. Grama the would not be also. No. Behoche chai rachmona. Mevashel is one of Lamatas malochas. So maybe it's an exception regarding this malochah. Well, he might be a groma, but Behoche chai rachmona. That is the malochah mevashel. There's no other way to do mevashel. The only way to do oifor mevashel is exposing something to the heat of fire, and it'll be cooked, it'll be baked. So that is the essence of Malachas So we can prove from here that, by definition, it is not defined as a groma. That is what is unique about Malachas So the essence of the is starting a process and taking advantage of laws of nature, of physics or (coughs) dynamics. Would that be defined as a seer or a grammar? So usually we define grammar as bringing about a result in an indirect fashion. Would that be considered direct or indirect? The fact that it takes time, is that relevant? Would that define the result as a grammar or why would that make a difference, the fact that it takes time? If the result is predestined, and there's no, no doubt, it will happen. It's, is it still defined as a drama? So what's the difference? is a shame, which the Rambam clearly says, Chayef <speaking in Hebrew> Chathos, So why would there be a difference exposing cloth or paper to fire or to water? Both are natural forces. So fire consumes faster than water dissolves. So would time make the difference? In both cases, the person is exposing shame Hashem to a natural force which ultimately will undo it, will destroy that shame. Fire faster, water slower, if it's boiling water, might be quite fast. If it's a little fire, might take time. But so if it's a shame, it's clear that that's a love. Why would water be different? So that's the opinion of the Beish That is not considered a grammar. And they both discuss SID. So SID will dissolve ink. So, if Sid burns, it, it, it has some ingredient that will cause the destruction of various elements. So, if you cover Shem Hashem with Sid, in due time, probably it would disintegrate or erase that shame. So, the base of prime wants to prove from here, well, that is what they did in this week's parashim. So, obvious, it's a grummer. And if it's a grummer, it would not be an Isser. So the other G'dayim deal with the question of covering the Shemes with Sid. Would that be Meichik? The Beis Ephraim discusses it from a different angle. And in his opinion, the Sid will cause the written letters to to erase, to dissolve. So he wants to prove from here. Because it's a process and it's not immediately, that would be defined as grama. And the Beis Shleim says no. There are different ways to be Miyashev, maybe that's the mitzvah, but a process, even though it'll take time, just beginning that progress, according to the Veshloem, there's no difference between fire and water. Brings us to source number three, Bova of samach. Livo ve ruach Groma ben azikhen puter. Person lights a fire, and it is the wind that will make that fire spread. <laughs> and the wind spread that fire, and he burned down a neighbor's house. The says, So why? The wind is a natural force as well. So what is the difference between fire, water? <coughs> All three are natural forces, and you expose elements to those forces. So regarding the wind, it's Regarding fire, that it's Regarding water, So when you throw a rack and you hurt a person or you broke out his window so when you throw a rack just like throwing a ball you throw it and it arches so I threw up, I didn't throw down what brought it down is gravitation that's a force of nature so when do we say natural forces are, that is part of the world, that is not a grama, that, that's your making. Well, whenever you throw a rock, it's not koi koi it is gravitation that will ultimately bring it downward. So would a person, zorek hates is a zorek chetz chayvoni, as long as it goes straight or upward, And if he fires that arrow, like a ballistic missile, and it'll arch and ultimately reach its destination and cause damage, of course he would be chayv, even though it's gravitation that brought it down, but that's what you're doing, you know, that's the way the world works. So when do we say that taking advantage of natural forces is asi and when is it grama? So that's like a and When you throw, even though it hurts someone or causes damage on its way down, that's koychol. Fire. fire is asiyah. Wind is a grama. Water is a machlaikas. So, to me, this is very, very puzzling, and I don't have a, a mishnas duro. So, when would it be defined asiyah and when grama? So there's a sugya makas daf few It's an agadata, but nevertheless, Chazal tell a story, and the story must be valid al piyolokat. B'shosh shekorah when David dug the shitin in the base of Migos, me'ataham came roaring up, and there would be matzav as kol oylem and destroy the world. The world would be drowned, and David said, the only way to stop me'ataham from coming up to the surface. Would be to write shem shemayim achaspa anacheres and throw it into the water. Would that be permissible or not? And Rashi explains loytaasim <laughs> kemeshem al kechem was the one that gave the psak its mutar. <laughs> and that is the Pasha seita mayim <laughs> amorim. Alam Kulo yalachas kama that was the heter of Achitoifal. What's the Yisr of So obviously, throwing that chaspa, cheres, with the shame and into the water, that'd be an Yisr of loisas and came as and Wouldn't that prove that the base shlyim is right? ha base of flying. Because throwing the shame into the water, <coughs> it'll take time. What? But it's gone. These other cases you can stop. The fire, once it catches, you can't stop. You put on something on the thing, you you take it off before it dissolves. No, I mean you cover the shame, it shouldn't dissolve. You mean I could take my hand out of the water before it dissolves? Would that make the difference between ASIA and Groma? The fact that you could salvage it? Why would that make the difference? The difference is in the nature. Of, of cause and effect and the nature of why would that make a difference the it fact that it could be salvaged, it could be salvaged So, it's so why would, but if you don't salvage it why would that not be defined as ASIA? why would the, the question could it be salvaged or not could the process be stopped or not why would that make a difference between ASIA and Groma so there's a rash Shabbos daf Kuf Chof, which is also an, an important source in this context. So, on one hand, Shabbos kufchaf, if you have a shame written on your flesh, and you do tfili, go into the water, that's considered a grammar. In the story of David Amalek, the feud would be considered a seer. That Ashba asks Shabbos kufchaf, how would there be a heter to go into the water? with of al Besoroi, why would that be different than Mekarev Eskibuyoi? So that Ashford doesn't quote the source, but it's a Gamon Shabbos Mem zayin. You can't put a dish of water underneath a that are falling because that's Mekarev Eskibuyoy. And that would be a prohibition. So that Ashba says, in that case, Shabbos Mem zayin is a Vadai. Here, it's a suffix. And... Uh, so the Ashba says, when you do tefillah, it's not a badai that that Shem will be erased. And I think the Ashba means what Rabbi Targan, I forgot your first name. Moshe. Moshe uh, argued, because when you do tefillah, you go into the water, and you come out, maybe at the end there will be no mechik at all. But in the story of David when that was thrown into the water, then... So, some Samachron prove from the Rashbaum. If it's a suffolk, that would be defining factor, whether it's Asiya or Grammar. If it's predestined, that's asiyah. But if at the end of the day, it's a suffic, whether there were be is Grammar. So even, you went into the Tzvila, and it was dissolved, that would not be a That would be defined as uh, a Grammar. Term. Chebina Rav, Shalat HaTshuva's Dov'ev first Chedek Simen test, deals with the question, and about five or six G'do'ilem in that era dealt with this very same question, the Igis ma'isha as well. So, tuberculosis, Shachefet, is a terrible illness, very uncommon in our day and age. It was almost eradicated. In some third world countries, It still is quite common, but not in western countries. And it is very contagious. It's a life-threatening disease, it's hard to heal, and it's extremely contagious. So, a hundred years ago, there were separate hospitals that deal with uh, TB <coughs> patients, and, uh, and it was known, the regulations were, nothing goes out of the hospital, everything is, is uh, incinerated, whatever the person brings in, his clothes, his objects, his books, whatever he brings in, will not be released, and it will be burned, it will be incinerated. Now the question is, does he bring in tefillin or not? Because he's going to be there for two or three months. If he brings in tefillin, ultimately we know that the regulations are that those tefillin will be burned. Not by him, probably non-Jews will do it, but would that be, what would be preferable? Bittum mitzvah tefillin, for an extended period of time, or not causing those tefillin to be destroyed, would that be, So most of the G'daylom, on one hand, dealt, it's only a bitl Saseba sheval taisa. It's not a lav b'kum say. On the other hand, it's not us that will be burning those tefillin. It will be non-Jews, and from our point of view, it would be a groma. So a be b'mechik Hashem. Is not also as we find in Shabbos of Kukhov. So there should be a little focus, based on the Rashbah because we know with certainty that those films will be destroyed. That is not a grammar, it's an asiyah. And that to me is a gewaltige Many times I quote the Rambam when the Rambam writes, Kol so even if we accept that interpretation of the Rashba, and it's not clear to me that that's Pshat in the Rashba, but even if it is, that is only when it's predestined by forces of nature. It's a natural process. But bringing those tfilin into the hospital and having non-Jewish people burn the tfilin, that's not a process. That's not a natural process. So the fact that you know they're going to do it, that is not a i I'm not doing anything. It's not of my making. I brought tefillin in and I put on tefillin every day. The fact that that definitely would not be considered as if we are the ones that burned the tefillin. So, this conclusion based on that ashbo is not really a sound conclusion. Even if we do take that ashbo in its pastis, it is only a natural process. Like exposing your flesh with a shame mind to water, if we know with certainty that that shape would be erased, maybe that would be defined as a an and not as Glamath. So the Gemara, Daf Yud Aleph. So, what was the question? Obviously, lo yisah sunkena Many of deal with this question. Actually, the Avni Nezer, was the Sochach of it ever brings discussion, the name of the Belzarov, of Rav of Belzer. But the Madame deals with this question and simen and the Madame Schick argues this is considered asiya be'adaiim, similar to the base So let me just wrap up this part of the year I lack clarity. I do not know where to set the boundaries. Gravitation, definitely asiya. Fire, asiya. Water, Marcus Yudanov. Mashma Asiya. Shabbos kufchov Mashma, it's not defined as Asiya, only as Gramma. The Rashbah says it's a difference whether it's with certainty or not. But why would Suffolk be a relevant factor when we try to define Gramma or asiyah? Lachaira, the certainty of the result, why would that make a difference? What defines Gramma is direct or indirect. So why would it make a difference? the fact that we know with certainty what the result will be. So why would wind be considered a grama? My basic feeling is that the definition of groma is not an objective scientific definition. It is more a subjective one. So gravitation is not a force that you see or feel or touch. It's just a fact of life. So when you throw a ball or a rack, the fact that it arches is of your doing. The discoveries of Galileo and others defining uh, gravitation aren't relevant to Piyaloh. Fire is something which you see and feel and it burns and, and so it is obvious. Water the same. Wind, less so. Wind sometimes comes, sometimes doesn't. Sometimes blows strong, sometimes blows weak. So the fact that the wind caused... The fire to spread, that's groma, that's groma. The concept of groma depends on perception. Fire always burns, and you know in advance. You throw something in the fire, it's gone. That's why it's a Water, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Therefore, might be grama. So when it's a uh, flood, and it's 100% what you throw into that water is gone. That would be a seer, not grammar When you do tevila, it's different. So yes, the concept of grama does not depend on objective scientific uh, definition, cause and effect. It depends on perception. That would be my maskona, but it's very difficult to set the limits and define what would be perceived as grama, and what would be defined as asiyah. So sometimes it's important just for me to share with my Talmudim my doubts as well, and not only when I have a Mishnah Surah and very clear definitions in every suya. So, the source of today's Shia was the Sadat Waisam the Makrokes of Yehuda and Reb Shem'in, and the Hay. And sometimes we take advantage of a posik or a parsha just to discuss a Sunya, but I don't think it's much of a kasha because there are so many Tirutz on this kasha. And the most basic terutz is it's not a kasha at all. This is what a Kodishbuhu told them to do. It's a hero show, it's not a mitzvah doiris, this is what they had to do. So it's irrelevant. Is it mahikh? Is it not mahikah? This is mitzvah Hashem given them at that certain point of time. So I don't really think, even though many Ahreinam discussing different questions regarding Mechikas Hashem speak about this at length, but I don't think in reality it's Master Vakasha, but it is a springboard to develop a very interesting discussion about Groma and Hashem. So as I said last week, as I said two weeks ago, Elul, I speak about Elul. So we are coming ever closer, next week Sunday will be the first day of Slichas. So Slichas is always a minimum of four days. This week we have a relatively long Slichas, we're going to say Slichas seven days before Rosh Hashanah. But it's always a minimum of four days, and why is that? Different interpretations we find in the Gedolah HaDodis, some say of course, it's a minig, as we find in the Ramos, in Kuv Pei once upon a time, fasted, as said But there are four days in which you cannot fast, two days of Rosh Hashanah, Shabbos, and Nehav Yom Kippur. So that is why we have four days before Rosh Hashanah to fast, and to do tshuva, to compensate for the four days in Seles Chuva in which one cannot fast. I like the other interpretation that is brought in Be'er Hetev just like a korban. When you bring your korban tzivah, you need bikur, daled, yame. Four days before you bring that korban, before you bring the sacrifice. needs to be checked and examined if it doesn't have a mum. So four days of Rosh Hashanah, we need to examine ourselves. Maybe we have a mum. But what does Rosh Hashanah have to do with korbanas? Are we korbanas? and I say yes we are because of the shoshant design the grammar says trevishak umrak hadish bo'r yisrael tikule fone b'sheifer shel ayil kedeish kedeish es kol achem eloi shel yisrael ben avraham v'mala ani alechem ke'enu akadtem et et so the zukur of ki sheifer is yes it is considered as if we brought ourselves as a carbon, exactly the way Yitzchok did, and that is why we blow with a shofar, shalaiel, a ram's horn. K'daysheskolchem Elohim Yitzchok b'nafroam v'mala ani alchem ki Eloakadetem et asmachem. So, if we wish that Hakadosh Baruch Hu sees us as carbonas, you cannot bring a balamum as a carbon. And just like every Korban Siva needs to be examined four days before it is actually those are the four days of Selichas, which are not only four days of prayer, of tefillah, but also of Chesh Nefesh. But my question is, when you examine those animals, you have an option. If you find a mum, put it aside and take another animal. But if we find a mum, so what are you going to do? Send someone else? The moment we are looking for can all be a mum oivir. A mum oivir doesn't pass on the korban, but it does pass on the korban until it's oivir. As long as that mum is still in effect, you cannot bring the korban. But if that mum was fixed, then the korban is chozer lekasusay. So any moment we could find, it is our responsibility to see that those moments will be temporary, that those moments will be fixed, that there will be a mum oiler, and that's what the idea of slichas is all about. So these are days of introspection, of examination, of tshuva, of reflection, and of cheshbon hanefesh, and that is what yemei slichas are about, and that is what. Elul is about. And as I said last week, as I said two weeks ago, we need to take advantage of these days. Tshuva, tefillah, tzedakah, primarily tshuva, coming closer to our Kodesh and just These are days in which we need to do cheshven and nefesh, and we need to be better. We need to come closer to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. Tshuva, tfila, and primarily tshuva. And the basis of Tshuva is <coughs> Aziva Shachet. <coughs> Rambam, Rabbeinu Yonin Sha'a Tshuva, Rabbeinu Bachyan Choy Vesarboves all say more or less the same. The basic components and ingredients of Tshuva are Charot al but Bat al and Aziva Shachet. If there is no Aziva Shachet, Chazal se say that is Ketovil so first of all, rahatsu, hizaku, hasiru roa ma'aralechem, and only then do we ask for atonement and only then are we fitting to ask for machilah slikha and kapura. If there is no azivasakhet, if you're not better, then Arazikat Vishviodai. So the idea of Slichas is just like any korban Syro. You need to examine the animal and find if it has a moon. If the animal has a moon, put it aside. If we have a moon, then it needs to be fixed. In Siddur HaRashash, in Kavona Satkiyas, the Rashash says, if a person is mahar b'tshuva b'shaa every aver is no longer existing. Even Chai Koris and Chai Misa based. So that is a zgila, unlike any other. Because at the end of Masechet Yuma, Chazal say Arboa Chaluki Kaporah, and Chai Kriessus Ad Shiyom is in a But here at Bishast, Ki is more than anything else, and all the averes on a Why is that? So the Kavonas of the Shash are all of Pi Kavola, but I think it has a very simple explanation. That very same Gemur I mentioned, Tikula fona shalayal, ni alechem kilo So if a person is Moise nafsha al-Kadusha Zashem, and he dies al-Kadusha Zashem, that is the ultimate Kavola. And that is the Zgola of Ki Yashu. So when a person dies, Becheto Yaladei Bayezin, Bayezin says, Be misvadei and that is why it's such a chush of this gullah when we are present at the demise of a person, not chalula killed, but at the end of his days, may have asked we say vidui, we say kabbalah salmach and shamayim, that's his gullah. So the Rasha says, if you're mahara bichuvah bishast ki And at that very moment, the Kodesh Bohu says, as if each and every one of you, is on the mizbeach, and he is slaughtered by his father, and that is the Messiah's nefesh of Yitzchak. That is more powerful than any other Jew. So that's as good as that is Kedai to bear in mind as we approach Shalash Hashanah, Ki Yishofer. And we might as well start... Getting into the mode every day in the morning by Tkia Shafel, when we hear here at in the morning. So let us so all hope that we'll, we'll take advantage of these Gehoi of these very special days of Chodesh and especially as we move into Yemei in this coming week. And HaKodosh Baruch Hu should be makabal v'rachamim avarotsen, say that Kiyoseinu, say that Zichroinu, say that Malkhi should be Yoil <laughs> Aracham and Arozam, we should be Zojcha together with call me and Aksiba Simataiva, Bisifron, Shul Sadikim, Gamiram. We should all have a year, a wonderful year, and it should be a shnaska ula Yeshua be mehrodi or meinu. Okay. <laughs>